BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. I'm so excited for today's episode because like so many of you, I am a massive Half-Baked Harvest fan. I can't tell you how many of you DM'd me after seeing that I posted a little teaser of her in the studio. Tegan is a family and friend favorite for me. I constantly get DM'd her recipes. There's something I often try at home and I just love Tegan as a person and a creative. So this is such an honor that I get to have her on the show today, but also that we got to record in person. For those of you who don't know Tegan, she's also known as at Half-Baked Harvest on Instagram. And she's one of the most popular chefs on the platform with over 4 million followers. She grew up in a family of seven and started cooking for her family in her early teen years and launched her blog at the age of 19. Since then, she has never stopped. She posts a recipe a day and has grown a massive community of foodies who look to her for her impeccable recipes and food styling. She's now launching her third cookbook called Every Day, a book of 120 recipes for the everyday chef focused on feeling good and balanced eating. In this episode, Tegan tells us how she found her point of differentiation, why responding to all of your DMs is crucial, and how she brings cookbooks to life in the digital age. You guys can order Half-Baked Harvest every day, recipes for balanced, flexible, and feel-good meals, a cookbook. Now it's on Amazon, it's on her website, I'm sure it's on her Instagram. She's also going on tour. I know that she's going to LA, DC, New York, so go to her website and see if you can catch her live. She is so much fun and such a joy to be around, so I highly recommend that. I hope you guys love today's episode. If you haven't followed the show yet, find us wherever you listen to your podcasts and make sure you follow us, rate, and leave a review. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. Have a great week ahead. Here's my friend, Tegan Gerard. Hi, I'm so excited to have you on the show. I am so excited to be here. I can't believe how lucky we got with catching you while you were in town in person. I mean, the same goes for me. You just said you were moving to <laughs> So I'm like, that's okay. I'm so excited. I have to say I've had maybe like 130 somewhere in their episodes. And crazy. I think that you have a very, I actually know that you have a very insane fan club to the point that <laughs> when I told my boyfriend and my sister that you were coming on, the two of them have never responded crazier than uh, they did to any other guest I than love you. I that. My boyfriend was like, oh my God. He was like, don't you realize that I send you her recipes every week? And I was like, yes, but she does. Like 
incessantly in my DMs being like, let's make this one. And my sister actually went through her email and realized that she has been a subscriber to your site since 2014. She subscribes. 14 or 15. Nobody subscribes. I mean, we have a really great, we have a really great list, but like, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. And she's an amazing chef. She's a foodie. And like, she has just, I know, like even from when I first went to college and like tried to start cooking myself or something like that, she was always sending me recipes. So you have a massive fan club over here. Well, I will say they're very loyal. Like I, we have the best community. So I just couldn't be more thankful for them. I want to hear how you started cooking because I know there are so many of you and like I'm one of five too. So I understand the like crazy family dynamic. Yeah. Do you like it? I love it. I mean, we all are in like the craziest age range. My Mm -hmm. older sister is in her 50s and my youngest is 20. Uh So we were definitely- Oh, we have that crazy age range. A blended family. Uh But I think when you have that, it really forces you to evolve quicker as a person because you learn to deal with so many different personalities. Because when you have that blended family, everyone's got a little bit of someone else in them and the Thanksgiving dinner table is wild. Wild (laughs) wild tables. Yeah, so I started cooking like- back in middle school, wow. mainly because, so I grew up, I had five brothers, right? Okay. And like, that was my whole life until I was based, until I was 16. When my little sister Asher was born, I was either 15 or 16. I don't know. One of those ages. So I was the only girl. So it was just like a lot of boys, one girl, things were so chaotic. Like boys don't care about anything, right? Like it was just like chaos. And my mom, so my dad had always been like the cook. Like he was the one that did dinner and my mom was like the baker. Like we would have cookies on the table before like dinner was a thought kind of thing. And my dad worked like, you know, nine to five. So like he wouldn't get, and then he would go to the gym afterwards. So he wouldn't get home to like 7 p.m. sometimes or 8 p.m. And we would eat dinner like super late, like nine, nine, 9.30, like occasionally 10. But I mean, like on a weeknight, like 9.30. And our dinners were complete our dinners are so complete chaos as a family, but like they were chaos too. And we were just eating late. So eventually after school, I just was like, I'm just going to cook. And I started cooking and I just never stopped. Like I just really had a lot of fun. I think I'm a people pleaser. So I had a lot of fun, like being able to please people so easily. through yeah. food. Like it was so easy for me. And I never stopped literally through middle school and high school. I just cooked dinner like every single night basically and then I had actually always said that I wanted to go into fashion always wanted to go into fashion always wanted to be a stylist moved to LA when I was 18 and got like a job before I was going to start school I was going to go to um FITM the fashion and design merchandising got a job at like some uh modeling agency like it's called Barbizon acting modeling and talent and I was just wow working the phones (laughs) and I spent three months here basically and I was like no, I gotta go back. I mean, like, I it was the first time I've been away from home too, and I was like, totally just homesick too. But in the end, it was like the best thing I ever did because that's when I started Half Baked Harvest, and I never looked back. So, I love that you're saying this. I actually did not know that fashion was an ambition of yours, and something that was for me when learning more about you, and even when I go through your Instagram now, it's not just about the food. Well, it's interesting. Well, I'm curious to hear your thought on that, actually. Well, I think, you know, for me, I, looking at and the, like what I really wanted to kind of get the, to the root of in my conversation with you is like this idea of building a brand on social media around food that isn't just about that. Like there is such a style to what you do and such an intent to every little thing. And my sister and I were actually ranting about this to each other the other day about you because everything you see in the photo 
has the mind of what I would do as someone who loves fashion of putting on an outfit. Yes. And I was looking at the two of these. Thank was, you. You're That's welcome. a huge compliment. <laughs> but I was putting the two of them together and I was like, it's so fascinating. I feel, I always feel really excited to be living in this time and especially with social media and so many personalities. But for me, you know, my whole world is fashion. I see so many different influencers or creatives in fashion. So when I find someone that is doing something that feels so similar, but has built this like massive career around something different, it's fun to find the common threads in that. Well, like, thank you. Yeah, no, like, I always say that I used to love, and I, now I'm getting more back into it because I like lost touch of that side of me for a second, just because I was focusing so much on food. Right. But I always say that like, now I style food like the way that I style clothes. Right. I used to style clothes, but it's really fun. Like as we're, as we, the growth has gone, like to be able to incorporate more of that and bring more of that into the brand because I love that side, you know? And like, that's really what I love. I love to make, things look pretty. Like, it's just like, I have loved that since before I can remember my grandma, um, was a big fashion person, like loved it. I Love used that. to like spend my weekends dressing. She had like a mannequin in her closet and I would like dress. She was all about designer. like loved it. So that's kind of how I grew up. And we grew up shopping on the weekends, like all the time. And like, that's what I said I was going to do. So it was really random that I went into food, but that's what I say I do with styling is like, okay, well, I think you eat with your eyes first. Like yes. you, it's so important. You have to make food look good. But like to me, I also want to make it like artistically, like just look pretty. And so I love that you said that. It's something I think about too. I think a lot of the times now when I'm putting on an outfit and I know that I want to share it, I think about how it's going to photograph or how it's going to look first. Yes. And as weird as that is, because I feel like our brains are trained to do that now as we've like built brands on the internet. But I find that super fascinating when it comes to food. And I was listening to an interview that you did where you mentioned that you eat with your eyes first. But yeah. for you, it really is something you have to visualize first before you go into it. Mm -hmm. Your creative process is something I would like love to be a fly on the wall <laughs> in. What is that kind of like? Oh. How does that begin for you? Do you ever like, do you ever feel like the creative process, like it is so hard to explain like for me yes, because it makes no sense because but it only makes sense in my head. Okay, so let's like hone no, in I on can, that. Can, like what for you is like, and I agree when people say to me like, oh, like how do you style yourself? I'm like, it. well, no, for me, when people ask me how I style myself, I wake up in the morning and I say, how do I feel that day? Mm -hmm. I never put myself into like an archetype of like, oh, I dress preppy or, oh, I have New York style, oh, LA style. That. It's always like, how do I feel that day? Mm -hmm. And that for me is that spark moment. Mm -hmm. What is it for you when you're figuring out a recipe? Honestly, it is so similar just because it's like, what's the weather doing? What's my mood like? Do I want to cook something light and springy? Do I want to cook something cozier, you know? And also like, what do I want to create that day? What, what do I feel like using color wise? What do I feel like you know, is really inspiring and going to make me really excited at the end of the day, right? Like, because you always want to be excited at the end of the day with what you've created. And so that's what I kind of think about. But I, I work backwards, kind of like just what you were saying. Like, I really do work backwards. I visualize it first. Like, this is how I want it to look. This is how I want people to feel when they look at the photo. Like, this is the mood, like all of those things. So I really visualize the recipe first. And then I just kind of like create it in my head. It's so bizarre. I mean, obviously, like, I'll have, like, okay, I want this flavor or something like that. And these ingredients are in it. But then, like, I kind of build. You know how, like, with fashion, you're always kind of, like, building or taking away from your, like, core outfit? Yes. I'm doing the same thing with a recipe. Like, I have a, maybe, like, a core recipe, but I'm, like, building or taking away from it to make it unique to, like, my style and what I want that day. Right. It's like sometimes I start with a shoe and sometimes you start with a bread. That, yes. <laughs> 
Definitely. Or sometimes I'll just have like a really pretty ingredient. Like maybe you have like a really pretty top. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to, I want to play this up somehow. How can I use this? And that's kind of how I go. It's so random, but like, I'm just visual. I'm so visual that way. We'll be right back after a quick break. I have a gem of a discount code for my fellow dog parents. And if you haven't tried Diggs Pet yet, now is the perfect opportunity. Have you had trouble crate training your dog, leaving them at home alone, getting them to calm down, or even just giving them a medication? Diggs Pet is my go-to for all things pets. They offer a range of crates and training tools that have become both my puppy Bodie's safe places at home, but also as a first-time dog mom, my lifesavers. When Dig CEO Zell adopted his rescue dog, he found that there weren't that many high-quality, well-designed products out there for her. He founded Digs to give pet parents a better option. Their hero product is the Rebel Crate, which after a whole year is still Bodie's favorite place on earth. When buying a Digs crate, your dog is getting the very best. Digs' Rebel Crate is an attractive, collapsible dog crate that's so easy to set up, transport, and store. It literally takes me 10 seconds to break down the whole thing, and I just pick it up and wheel it away, and that makes it so easy to get from our house to the car to the next destination, all while bringing Bodie's home with us wherever we go. I'm also obsessed with their line of treat spreads. Bodie's favorite is the Golden Delicious, which is their version of a peanut butter. It's a great treat, but also so helpful if I need to give him any medication, like flea meds, for example. He doesn't even realize he's taking them because they're masked with the treat spread. Easy. And he loves it. The licking also helps to calm him down, which we always love when it comes to my Aussie Bodie. These items are at the top of my must-have list for dog parents. So visit www.digs.pet and use the code podcast20 at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Again, that's digs.pet and use code podcast20 for 20% off your first purchase. Now let's get back to the show. So I remember a few years back, I was in a seminar via Instagram where they were talking about best practices and something that they said was that food is the most shared thing on the platform, which I totally understand because I mean, that's the one thing. Think about it. There's so many different portals of the way that we share that, whether it's like, I want to go try this new restaurant. I'm going to send it to my friend that I want to go with. I want to try this recipe. My sister's going to send that to me or something that, you know, I remember when like Buzzfeed, is it called Tasty? Yeah. Is that not around anymore? I think it still is, but it's it, when it when it first launched, it, in my opinion, it was very innovative. It was, how do we get these recipes into 30 seconds? It was huge. And make it seem so easy. And then, yeah. by the way, guys, it was not easy, but it, they made it seem <laughs> so simple. So if you think about it, things like that are so shared. I mean, some of my favorite Instagram accounts, I follow like, a, I think his name is like the sourdough artist. And he just builds, he takes different loaves of sourdough bread that he makes himself. Uh-huh. And then he stencils into it. Yeah, I've seen that. Whether it's like a sloth or like a kitten or something. But uh-huh. I think that there's something so human and connected with food. And I, I'm not surprised it's the number one most shared thing. But we all have to eat. We all have to eat. Like, we all have to eat to survive. <laughs> it's a common, our common denominator. It brings people together. I always say it brings people together at the end of the day. And it's just a reason to interact with people and to, to get together, like to just be together. And that's what I love so much about it, because it really does bring people together. I think about this often with so many people that we have on the show. And I often get asked by, you know, people in college coming right out of college, whether they feel like they need to be like, quote unquote, classically trained in things, especially to visualize a career in it. And I'm sure for you with Instagram and building your food on like food there, was it all just from your heart and something that you felt like you were self-taught with? Or did you actually ever take a cooking class? No, I've never taken, I have Amazing. never taken a cooking class. And you know, what's really funny is I've never been self-conscious about that because yeah. I think 
to one, I know how I learn, right? And I'm just like not someone that wants to sit in a classroom and learn that way. It's really difficult for me. And two, I think it's really what makes me unique. Exactly. Because I don't have any rules. Like I don't know the right or wrong way to do something. I just do it my way. And if it works really well, like great. And if it doesn't work well, I'll like figure out another way. I'm all about figuring it out. Like if you have a problem, like problem solving, it's, it's, right. it's just what I do. So no, like I've never been classically trained. Rachel Ray was my first recipe that I ever like Love. made. What was it? Do you remember? Oh my God. It was so embarrassing. I'm much to this day, my oldest brother, it's his favorite recipe. Cheeseburger mac and cheese. Well, like <laughs> walk us through that really quickly. It's, it's, it's just mac and cheese with like, cheeseburger meat in it? Yeah. Like, you know, hamburger helper. It's yes. basically hamburger helper. Wow. Yeah. Rachel Ray, always with the cozy classics that will put me I right I've, to sleep afterwards. I've made it once in my life and he still talks about it. So obviously you have this incredible skill that you love. You leave LA, you go home. What was that beginning stage like for you? When I was 16, we had spent summers in Oregon because my brother snowboards. And so he would go up to Mount Hood. Your brother's an, an Olympic <laughs> snowboarder, guys. Olympic snowboarder. Incre- incredibly talented family. Yes. Red. We love you, Red. Olympic snowboarder. But, you know, he still does this. He goes, you know, up to Mount Hood or whatever. And so we would spend the summers in this little itty bitty town. But in Mount Hood, it was did it two summers and I was like, I can't do this again. It's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But we were like hiking one day and I was actually like, I was 16 at the time when we took out the name for Half-Baked Harvest. Wow. So we didn't, I didn't touch it for till I was 19. I don't know why we were talking about this. Like what really, like why this all went about. But I was 16 and my mom was like, oh, well, you should call it Half-Baked Harvest. One, because I love the word harvest. And the thought was that like, my family's very half-baked. Like Fun. Of course, now, being from Colorado and how— There's, a, there's the butt of every joke. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. But, you know, I'm like, whatever. It's fine. So that's kind of like, I guess, when the seed was planted. I don't know, you know. But, like, I didn't start till I was 19. And she was just like, start start, start the blog. And so we had the domain name. And I it was half-baked harvest. So, like, that wasn't—like, I didn't think about that. At, like, thinking about it now, I'm like, wow, I should have put some more thought into that. Didn't think about that at all. The day I started, like, I, I never stopped. I'm not joking. Like, I have posted six, seven days a week since 2012. Yeah, you post You post every day. Yeah. And it's a new, gorgeous, beautiful <laughs> recipe every day. It's been, I mean, like, I've just, it's been my baby. Like, right. it's been, and, I, and I've loved every second of it. Like, growing the community, like, I'm sure you know, and can relate to this, but like growing a community is, is so crazy. Like you, I don't think about the number ever, but like just seeing the impact that, and I'm talking about food here, like seeing the impact though that you can have on people's lives is crazy to me. And I love that they feel like I'm just like another small town girl because like, I'm not, I love LA and I love New York and I love doing all these things so much, but like, in the heart of it, I'm a homebody, like, you know, just like your normal average girl. What was the process like of finding your point of differentiation? I'm honestly just like really starting to understand it so much now, like in the last, you know, year, year and a half. I think understanding that like I have what makes me different is not not just the recipes and that they're they are approachable and like people do really love them and there's a lot of flavor and and they're different, but it's also the way that I present them, I think too. And like people love to be able to get an idea of how they can make their food look really good. But I always, always say that there's just something like I can take, you know, pasta a la vodka 
And I add basil pesto to it and it makes it just a little bit more special than like it was. So I feel like with my recipes and everything that I kind of do in a way, I hope is that there's just like one special element to it that just makes it feel like this is a little more special to whoever is making it or whatever it is. And that's kind of like how I do everything in life. Like I just want this everything to feel like, okay, that's great and it's pretty, but what's going to make it feel really like special? And I think, as you were saying earlier, like food is such a human. It's everyone needs it. It's the common denominator between all of us. And for mm. me, when I see your recipes, even when I think of like when you do Harry Potter recipes or <laughs> obsessed, obsessed or like when you do your Thanksgiving recipes that people look forward to every year, like those things I think are such like amazing parts of your brand that make you feel human. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like, is that not what we want on Instagram to be able to connect with someone in a way that feels realistic? I I so much. I think now more than ever, because it's it's just some of it is so unattainable and like, okay, well, you know, someone in Cleveland, I'm from Cleveland. Someone in Cleveland is probably not doing what someone in LA is doing or New right. York is doing. So I like that I can be that approachable person for people. And it's crazy because I, I am just in food. Like you would think it would be someone in the fashion space or more a lot that does a lot more lifestyle that like, but the, the only response that I get from people, which I love and I'm so thankful for, is that like, you're just so relatable. And I feel like, you know, we're like best friends and I know everything about you and your family. And I'm like, it's amazing. So you have a little bit over 4 million followers. Yeah. She's like, crazy. Yeah, crazy. No, it really is. Because when you say right. it out loud, you're like, that's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Do you feel like there was a moment where you saw immense growth? And if there was, what you feel like that it was attributed to? Yeah. No. And I think that's been so much of the success because it's been so gradual. So everybody that has, you know, a lot of people have come up, which is amazing, but they've had something happen for them, right? Where it's like someone has mentioned them that made them really big or I don't know, just something happened where it was like they went viral overnight, right? I did not go viral overnight. Like we have had people with us. You said your sister has been following since 2014 or something. Yes. Like we've had people like that and they're long time, like loyal, loyal readers or followers or whatever. And so the community is so strong. I mean, it is so strong and so kind. Like you see a lot of hate and, and dislike on, on social these days, which is so sad because it's really hard to be a creator and like have someone criticizing you. And like watching every moment of your life. Every moment of your life. So it's really nice to have a community that is for the most part, you know, as you grow, you're always going to get those people that are just the naysayers, but that is so kind. I wonder if there's a moment for you almost what your process is like while you're thinking of new recipes. If you ever like do feel that fatigue and how you like keep that creative spark alive for you. Yeah. I mean, I definitely do feel, and that's when I'm like, I have to switch it up. Like I, if I'm feeling like bored, here's my thing. If I'm bored, the audience is going to be bored. So I'm feeling bored. Like, okay, how can I switch this up? What new ingredient can I use? What's going to make me excited? It's all like, for me, it really is all about feeling excited and excited about what I create at the end of the day that keeps me motivated to go the next day. So it's like about finding a new ingredient, finding a new, what's really big for me is the props that I'm using. So like, it's like a fashion piece essentially. And if I have something and it's not, that's not even related to food, right? It's like what you're putting it in. But the, the styling aspect of it is really so fun for me. So when I have new pieces to work with, it's so crazy, but like I can kind of reinvent reinvent those 
a recipe with those new pieces because they like put the colors that they are right. or the feel that they make me have like you know and some things are new and modern or some things are old and vintage and it's like I don't know I just it just like clicks in my head with like my eye and I want to create something or I have a flavor or a season or you know it's nice that we have a changing of seasons because right. it's like okay well now I'm going into spring and I'm losing the cozy a little bit and that's nice it's like lighter brighter fresh where are the herbs you know right we'll be right back after a quick break As someone who's just moved and is furnishing her home, I have been on the hunt for local artisanal objects to fill my home with. And I am so glad that I stumbled upon the Millie Marketplace. For those of you who don't know the Millie Marketplace, it is a woman-led social enterprise and artisan shop that promotes economic opportunities and empowerment for women around the world. They work with makers in over 15 countries, and they help women support their families and communities through meaningful employment. Their online shop features so many beautiful things that are bound to have people come over and be like, where did you get that? It's all one of a kind. We're talking handwoven throws from Colombia, brushed cotton napkins, woven on petal looms by artisans in Mexico, or even hand-blown glass crafts made in India. Every product tells a story and is created with love by an artisan who's passionate about their craft. And all of their items deliver fair wages and are responsibly made in small batches. With COVID-19 reshaping work around the world, the hybrid work from home model is definitely here to stay and Millie's here to support that. They wanna help thoughtful shoppers create home and office spaces that are functional, inviting, and soothing. They wanna help people feel good while doing good. It's more than just a store and Millie really believes in that transformational power of new experiences, authentic connections, and expanded perspective. Exclusively for our friend of a friend listeners, Millie is offering you guys 20% off your first order with the code friend. Shop these beautiful, one-of-a-kind products, meet the artisans, and read their stories, and make a difference by visiting millie.ca. That's www.millie.ca. And make sure after you get something, you send me a photo, because I need a little bit of inspiration for my place. Now let's get back to the show. As someone who is, like, moving and thinking about all the fun, like, kitchenware in my house, where do you— It's so fun, right? It's so fun, and I won't lie— if it wasn't for me, like kind of being obviously preparing for this interview, yeah. I've seen so many different plates and it's made me be like, I want to switch it up. Like, I don't want to have just plain white. But yeah. where do you, like, what's your go-to to find something great for maybe if you're having a dinner party or anything along those lines? Like a store. Yeah. I mean, I am such a big vintage shopper, which is mm. so hard for people. Yeah, they because it's so local. Ask, yeah. And they always ask and it's and like, but that's where you find the most unique pieces, of right? Course. Uh, but I think that for like everyday basics, honestly, I mean, anthropology can have really great, like unique Ooh, stuff. Yeah, I always, you know, I always overlook anthropology. Well, sometimes it can be really trendy, right? And and, and, and a lot of their furniture is, is beautiful, but so pricey. So pricey. Yeah. But some other pieces, some of, like you can find gems if right. you look. Some of their pieces can be great. And I also sometimes I find that they're really, really colorful and that kind of can clash with the food. So I don't love ah. that. I do typically tend to stay in more neutrals, but I'll add a pop of color somewhere. Right. I love a pop of color. I think I love a pop of color in the home. I love a pop of color on your clothing. But, and, and I mean, honestly, like I do shop at the basics. So like Williams-Sonoma, Crate and Barrel. Those are all really good places to get your solid basics. And, you know, they do have 
pieces that aren't white. But I think that if you want something super unique, you've got to do like an Etsy. Yes. Or you know, kind of like a search online. I love an Etsy buy, you know, creating a workspace that is right. inspiring to you. It's kind of the same thing within the kitchen, like or any place in your home. Like you want to be in spaces that feel really creative to you and pretty or like just make you feel happy. Right. Yeah. If you're a listener and you're living in New York, go to a place called Fish Eddie's. It's on Broadway and I think 18th. it's so good. It is. It is so good. I tried to like go on their website and buy some things thinking that I would be able to like ship them over, but they have a very limited selection there. When I go to New York, like I am for sure shipping a box. Home. Also in New York, I would say ABC Home. But the coolest. It's so good. The, the stuff coolest. is a little expensive, but it's really good. But I also think like for, for me, you invest in those pieces because you have them for a long time. So much. But if you're listening and you are looking for something on the cheaper end, I actually just bought the entire Our Place set. Really? Yeah. So I have used them a lot too. And I, I was going to say too, Zara Home is Zara Home really is great. good. I love Zara It's so Home. good. I just got napkins from them. Yeah. yeah. I, my silverware is from them and people yeah. comment on it all of the time. Yeah. Good little hacks there. Yeah. But yeah, from our place, I got the, they have like these beautiful little plates that like have a small rim on them. Uh And the bowls are like very, I'm so bad at describing shapes right now. I don't know what's wrong with me. But I also got like multicolored glasses. I don't know. It was so cute. And it was so inexpensive. And I was like, this is amazing. Same thing with, I want to say it's our house. It's called our house? Yeah. Have you ever heard of it? I haven't heard of it, but we'll look it up. You've talked so much about community in this conversation. And even as someone that like will cook at home and do my own recipes, the one thing that I always do is go in the reviews or the comment section of a recipe because I love to see what other people are like, oh, I swapped this out for this and it was great. Or, oh, you maybe need a little bit of this. But mm-hmm. I always think that the most dedicated communities are in cooking and are in food or in chefs and people are so connected to it. For you, what was like the key to cultivating this community over time that eventually got you to 4 million plus people? So I have always responded to my, responded to my messages. Ooh, key, I, key small well, thing that made the world of a difference. It's, I just, I can't, I mean, it's just connecting with your audience is making them feel heard. They're giving you your time. So you need to give them a little bit of your time back too. And like with so many people, it's, it's difficult to do and everything. Like, obviously I'm not, doing that all on my own. But from day one, I have always, always gone into my DMs, gone into my, always responded to the comments on the blog. And I don't know why, but I've just always made that effort to respond, to answer their questions, to even if they just said, this recipe was amazing. Like I say, thank you or whatever it is. This recipe was awful. I say, oh, hi, I'm so sorry that you, you know, had such a bad experience with this recipe. Is there anything I can help you with? Right. Like making them feel heard and known, especially when most, a lot of creators, especially with larger accounts, like they don't really acknowledge you. Right. And I think that's just, and some do like, no, you know, some do, but like, it's so important to me to build that trust, build that connection with them. Like they're the reason why I get to do all of these things. So like I need to give them a little bit of time too, and make sure they're feeling heard and make sure they're feeling a part of the space, a part of everything that we're creating. Right. Because if like I'm creating new things that they're not excited about, well, like that's not any good for any of us. So I want to make sure that they feel a part of the process and you know, that I'm interactive with them. I think it, also will really help build your brand and build if you do ever want to get into product and like selling things like I think that it will really help with all of that knowing your audience is crucial like just knowing what it is that they want what it is they like like 
even just what your top performing recipe is, like mm-hmm. all of that, I'm probably as I'm sure has probably been so crucial for you and in just the way that you cook and the way you present things. Like I'm sure it's just been monumental. Yeah, I will say that I have never I've tried. It's hard sometimes to not pay super close attention to the numbers. Right. Because then I can get hung up on that. And I'm like, oh, if one day was this high, I need to have this day be this high. And like, I mean, it's it's a hard thing being on in the social space and comparing. I have definitely been someone that has always compared. I'm really trying so hard, but like I'm no pro at not comparing and even just comparing myself to myself. So, but that actually I would say that I have done a relatively good job of not paying too close attention to like the everyday numbers. Obviously, I know the very important numbers because yes, they're, they really help you grow your brand, but not getting too hung up on it so that I'm making sure I'm creating what I really want to be creating. And I think like you said, like you can't get caught up into it because at the end of the day, it's like, are you, are you wasting time or are you using your time to the best of your, you know, like abilities? So I try not to, but it's hard. It is. I mean, I totally get it. It's, it's for me, I've always been like, I'd rather get a few DMs from people that have resonated with something than get a gajillion likes on something. For sure. It's so much more important. Like your engagement in like likes mean nothing, you know, but like your engagement with the actual community is so important. So we're catching you at an incredible time right now because you have a cookbook (laughs) coming out, which is so exciting. And you're about to go on a little book tour. I would love to hear what that entire to me, I mean, I'm sure cooking every single day is a feat in of itself, but mm-hmm. then to put all that into a book and bring it to the world, like what is that moment for you where you're just like, I'm ready <laughs> to put this in published print? Yeah. So I will say cookbooks are so hard, you guys. They Very re- scary. I'm re- sure. So scary. It's like with an internet recipe, you can go fix that mistake if you need to. With a cookbook, it ha- you have to wait for the next reprint. So it's hoping that there is a reprint because, yes. But like, so for me, cookbooks are interesting because the way that I create, this kind of goes back to the creative process. Like I have always wondered, like fashion designers have it so hard having to create so far ahead of time. Like, oh, I love to create in the moment. What am I feeling that day? You know, like it's, that's kind of how I go and create recipes. And my favorite recipes are the ones that are like on the fly, like wasn't really planning it. Right. And like a cheeseburger mac and cheese. <laughs> Not that one, but yes, definitely. So cookbooks are extremely challenging for me, actually. And like, I'm also very more critical of the cookbooks than like the everyday recipes because of course it's a are, solidified version of whatever you're expressing. These are in print. You're asking people to buy them. You want to make sure that they're going to work for everybody, that they're creative, they're different enough they're pretty enough, you know, because I'm shooting those photos too. So it's a lot. It's a lot. But like putting so for this, this third cookbook, we wanted it to be a little bit more of like a colorful cookbook with a little bit more. It's not a health focused cookbook. I will not say that. But, you know, recipes focus more on whole ingredients and things like that. And a lot less like all of the desserts like are so low processed sugar or things like that. So kind of with a health aspect in mind, but it's by no means, it's just like for your everyday cook, which is why it's called everyday. It's really for people who are trying to cook every single day, Monday through, you know, Sunday or whatever. And, but also get colorful, wholesome recipes on the table for the family easily. And so the recipes are simple. They're colorful. They're flavorful. And, but so that was kind of the idea that was like, when I went into this cookbook, I didn't have a set list of recipes to answer your question. I went into this cookbook thinking, or with the idea of like, okay, these recipes, this is how I want these recipes to be. 
And then I created the recipe list from there. And then I created the recipes and I shot the photos and it's a, it's a two year plus. Well, this one was two years plus because of all the COVID and everything. And then shipping delays and all of that fun stuff. It was supposed to come out in the fall. It was supposed to come out in November. Everyone's delayed. Everyone. Everyone's delayed. But hey, we got a spring release. That's great. That's great. What I love about this is that it's so much more realistic to the way that even I cook every day. And I'm sure so many people cook every day. Like as much as I want to try and stay healthy Monday through Friday, like I like something that feels wholesome and doesn't feel like I'm like restraining myself on a day-to-day basis. Like you don't need a salad every single day. Yeah. I feel like we get really caught up in this like really intense health regimen and it just doesn't feel realistic to me. Mm -hmm. So to see something come out that just feels a little bit more on trend with what so many people deal with. Like at the end of the day, a lot of the times like getting all the healthy ingredients and recipes can be an expensive thing. It's like time consuming. So being able to feel, find something that's realistic on the market for like the everyday chef. Definitely. And I think too, I think that those things are so big on the coast, right? right. Like you have your LA and your, you know, Seattle guys and totally and you guys great. It's amazing if you can eat that way all the time. But I think it's really nice. Like healthy food can still be really, really delicious. And, you know, it might not be like green juice every morning or something like that. But yes, I it's like the everyday way that you can easily cook and, and enjoy wholesome recipes. I'm curious to see how you feel about this. I feel like right now with even like with TikTok, recipes feel really challenging to like keep up with. Like the way that people present them on TikTok in like this 30 second video and it's really quick and usually it's like, fun and dynamic to watch. Mm-hmm. But I'm such a cookbook gal. Like I love Are you? to bring, yes, I love like, I have one of those things in my kitchen that like holds a cookbook open. Uh huh. And I also have so many different cookbooks in my house, whether it's friends that have made them or restaurants that I love or uh-huh. chefs that I love. To me, they're kind of like a little prized possession in my kitchen. But it must be a really interesting time for someone like you who's been in the food space for a really long time to see even just this like absolute boom of like TikTok chefs and things that are really quick and put together. Pasta queen, right? You see people like Emily Mariko who are like doing things really quickly or, and she had like the salmon. The salmon thing. thing. It does. That was crazy. It it really blew up. It It went so viral. I I can't tell you how many people I saw on my Instagram trying it and tagging her. And it just must be, I would love to hear your perspective just as someone who's been in it for so long and just what kind of like your thoughts are on the way that people are presenting recipes through mediums. Yeah. Different mediums. I think it's so cool because I think that it's really, I mean, it's really showing people's creativity. Right. And how they can differentiate themselves in in the space and with their style. But I think to answer your question though about cookbooks, the one thing I will say about cookbooks is that no matter whether you love to watch TikTok or scroll Instagram and get your recipes there, or something about having a recipe in front of you yes. that people really like with the cooking process, it's either easier for them or just more enjoyable. People love to have it in front of them. And like that is still crazy to this day because obviously you can have your phone in front of you, your iPad, whatever. But something about a book they love to have in front of them or they use it as a coffee table piece, kind of like what you were saying for your kitchen. And it's like, well, whatever. So I use both, you know, yeah. they, they're beautiful on the shelf. They're also great when they come down. There's I love when people walk it. into my house and see my cookbooks and they feel like a reflection of me. It also like, makes your home feel a little bit more lived in. So this one comes out on the 29th of March. Yes. It's right, Amazing. right around the corner. It's 
Yeah, it's like less than two weeks away, which is crazy. I know, and you're going on tour. Are you excited? What are you looking forward to? I am so to? excited. I, I'm like, I cannot wait. I think me, like connecting with everybody is so much fun. We're going to Chicago, New York, like LA, all the fun places. So it'll be great. Amazing. Yeah. It was so fun meeting you. It thank was you so much so for doing fun. this. And oh, thank you. We're going to link the cookbook in the description of this. If you thank guys want to check it out, please go check it out. I'm so glad we got you in town. And me I'm too. so happy that we got to meet in person. Me too. It was so much fun. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.